This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. How to pick a shop. Yeah. What is that? Made you look. You got me. (laughs) Every time, boys and girls, he gets me. Welcome back to another high-quality episode of America's Diesel Podcast, brought to you by Diesel Power Products, the best diesel product store in the galaxy. The galaxy. Galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for checking us out. If you don't know how to leave a five-star review on any any of our uh, 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 types of... Yeah, if you're just tuning into this episode... You should probably look back into the other episodes because there's, yeah. there's way better ones than probably this one. This one, <laughs> yeah. If you don't like knowledge, this one's gonna piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but picking a shop, you know, we get a lot. We, we, actually, no, we're, you're, we already did the review thing, right? We're good. Are we good? Are we good? Can we start? We didn't even talk about a review. Yeah. Check us out on Google Play, <laughs> iCloud, iCloud, Sound, iTunes, iCloud, SoundCloud, iCloud. Google Play. Leave a five star review screenshot. Send it to TylerDeepSparkBox.com. Send you a handwritten meme. Handwritten make, letter and a printed meme that I stole off the internet. Yeah. Fair and square. <laughs> Fair and square. It was on Google Images. And a t-shirt that'll hopefully cover up your upper butt crack sweat. Yeah. Yeah. If not, maybe it says you a gray shirt and it'll really show it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you got a torso like me. I'm, yeah. all, I'm all torso, no legs. No legs. My <laughs> wife's like five inches shorter than me. More inseam. <laughs> I'm not even kidding right now. All legs. Yeah. <sighs> Anyhow, so today we're going to talk about picking a shop. So, yeah, we get we get so many calls on people like, hey, do you have a recommendation for someone to work on my truck in my area? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Unfortunately, <laughs> we, we don't have shops for every area. I mean, honestly, the ones that we could really vouch for are pretty much local to us. Or mm-hmm. there are a few that we deal really closely with that we would feel comfortable recommending if we got some some in texas yeah maybe some in california mm-hmm. um but i mean it's really hard for us there's so many shops out there there is and it seems like there's new ones popping up and and dying out every day yeah but i mean what the situation that kind of i don't know got got the idea on this episode going is is we do again we get people calling and asking for shops in their area but we also get the people that have gone to a shop 
And after having a conversation with us, we can come to the... That's the thing. We can ask a certain amount of questions or a certain type of question and kind of understand what has gone down with your truck and what they've looked at and that sort of thing. But we have so many shops that either are throwing parts at a rig mm-hmm. um, or they're just like, just guessing, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's actually kind of sad. I kind of feel bad. Um, I do feel bad for, for customers out there that are, are having this type of experience because it's, I just don't get what's going on. I feel like the automotive repair side of things has gone like the actual guys going to school, guys learning, the guys that are like apprenticing and that sort of thing is like going away. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, and that's, and that's sad because it's, that's kind of how I learned everything, <laughs> you know, is learning from other people mm-hmm. uh, and that sort of thing. And when I hear a guy call and says, I, I got this code and they replace this and 10, you know, 10 minutes later, I got the same issue. Like, well, obviously they're just throwing parts at it. That's not diagnosing. That's not actually figuring out what's going on and then fixing that issue. And we run into that literally all the time, all the time. Yeah. And it, it makes, I think part of the transition of that would be, if you think about some older cars and it doesn't necessarily have to be back like, like on the carburetor days or anything like that, but just a little bit older of a car or even I'm going to say cars in general, because I think diesels are, are usually just kind of a little bit more complicated, even though they're simple for some people yeah. or for some shops. And nowadays, those diesels are complicated now. Yeah. Root, simple, but everything around it, complicated. Um, and it was something to where you know, a good shop would, even if you didn't know what they were trying to do, they could take you out to the car and point at what's going on, how this affects this. And it's yep. causing this to happen. And when we went and changed this part over here, it made the truck or you made your truck or car run better. And you yeah. get in it and you start the car and it runs better. Yeah. So there's a little bit of understanding there. When you go into a shop and like, oh, we went in and we changed the fuel or our pressure sensor and then we recalibrated this and had to do one, you know, did a contribution test. Yeah. And uh, we noticed you have excessive blow by and you're just like, okay, what'd you find? What? <laughs> I don't yeah. know what any of that means. Yeah. The. <sighs> This is, this is so tough because it, there's a lot of shops that will take a, a, a code or, you know, let, let me back up. There's a, with a lot of diesel owners out there, they, a lot of them have tuners on their truck. Okay. So when they have an issue with their truck, they'll get a check engine light. They'll check the check engine light and say, oh, I've got, you know, there's an issue here. Mm-hmm. It says map sensor something. Oh, I need a new map sensor. <clears throat> Stop right there. Stop right there. Okay. If you take your truck to a shop with a code for a map sensor or whatever, or you know, and, and, and that shop takes five seconds to look at it and go, yeah, you need a new map sensor. Okay, just turn around and go to a different shop yeah. because they are not actually diagnosing what the issue actually is. Always remember a code, a code is an indication that an issue is occurring in that area mm-hmm. to where parameters are off to where that's kicking a code for that. Just because you have a map sensor code doesn't mean you have an issue with the map sensor you could have something you could have something going on with the turbo okay which obviously is on the other side of the map sensor mm-hmm. to where it's maybe not building enough boost and then it's throwing a code at the map sensor because now that ecm under this certain condition is supposed to see this much boost and it's not so it's going to throw a code for the map sensor because that's where the that's where the issue is being determined at because there's nothing mm-hmm. at the turbo it's at the intake side so <clears throat> to have a any shop so the first thing is with any shop, if you take it in and you have a code for a certain item on the vehicle and they 
within 10 minutes say you just need to replace that i i i then would ask them how do you know that and why what did you find out that was wrong because every code every every single check engine light every single diagnostic trouble code every single dtc is going to have essentially a flow chart i know this sounds stupid Mm -hmm. but i used to work at a dealer and i've seen all this stuff Every code is going to have a flow chart that's going to essentially walk you through the process on what to check all the way to the point of, do you have an open wire or do you have a short to ground? Cause that's either like a, um, what are they? Oh, I'm having a brain fart right now, but it's like a, uh, a short to ground or short to ground or a short to power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're, you're either going to have. And so that's like the ending of it. If, if they check everything and everything's checking out, then it basically always comes down to a wiring issue. Yeah. Um, and so for you to take your truck to a shop and have them not necessarily inform you of the steps that they went through to determine what has failed and they are just going, yeah, map sensor codes, map sensor. Don't you, uh, go to a different shop. Yeah. You know, I it's, mean, it's, it's yeah. Sensors are there for it's it's a sensor to sense to sense. It's basically to give you, hey, look at me, you know, hey, red flag or yeah, I'm I'm seeing something that I, I don't normally see. Yeah. And it's out of the parameters that we want to see. Yes. And all sensors, they, they, they usually we have some sort of parameters. Very few of them are ever just like on or off. Yeah. But they're usually like, you know, I want to see between this many volts and this many volts or this much PSI and this much PSI. Yeah. Whatever. And when it's outside of that, remember, it could be high or low. Yeah. That's, a lot of people get a map. Oh, it's a map sensor. Like, well, did you see what the code says? Well, it says, you know, you know pressure out of range. Like, okay, well, it's out of range. That means it could be out of range low. Or high. Could be out of range high. Do yeah. you know what boost you're you're pushing right now? Yeah. yeah well, no. Like, well, let's find out. Yeah. Can you reboost? No. Well, maybe. Yeah. That is a sensor. <laughs> but also, can you reboot? Boost? Yes. Is the truck running good? Yes. What boost is it? Well, it's only four. What are you usually supposed to see? Twelve. Okay. Well, let's find out why it's four. Yeah. Well, the sensor says it's wrong. Well, no. The sensor is reading it. Yeah, it's your it's your job to find out why it's only pushing that much boost. Yeah, and so and that's where I I will tell a lot of people, an hour's worth of diagnostics with a shop will go a long way. Mm-hmm. Okay, instead of you going to a shop and then, you know, fiddling around trying to figure it out and charging you four hours to diagnose something and then come up with oh you got this code and it's a it's that sensor we're going to replace it. Okay, well what did you do for that four hours? How are you determining that? Mm-hmm. You know, to where you take it to a shop and you give them an hour and you say, and here's the thing, and, and a lot of people, I might get flack for this. I don't even care. Most issues will be determined or figured out within an hour. If it's not, if it's taking more than an hour, then you've got, I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you when I, I'm trying to think back of like everything I've diagnosed, but most of the time, every issue except for one that I've figured out basically within an hour. And I'm not just mm-hmm. saying that to toot my own horn. It's just when you're actually diagnosing one thing for an hour, you can get a lot done. You can look yeah. at a lot of things. You can figure out a lot of stuff. Um, Especially when, like, it's that's literally your job. That's yeah. your That jam. is your job. It is, it's you are supposed to know this. Yeah. There's two – two, well, there's one scenario that I'll, I'll shoot out there that usually doesn't get determined within an hour, and it's usually a – something that doesn't happen all that often, which mm-hmm. I've ran into this before. I've, I've ran into like mice chewing wires and two wires are touching somewhere in a harness somewhere. 
this one story, I'm a, this is my only story this podcast, but I'm going to bring it up anyways because it fits perfect with mm-hmm. trying to figure this out. When I used to work at a dealer, I had this brand new truck. I remember it to this day. It was like a, I don't remember the exact year, but I want to say it was like a 20, I mean, well, it had to be like a, a 2009 um, Ram 1500 Hemi Tradesman Red. I remember this truck. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not kidding. I remember this truck because this truck came in three times. Okay. And I'll admit that I did. I I worked on this truck from the beginning. Okay, the first time this truck came in, it had a misfire code. Okay, checked everything. And th- these are the Hemi engines that had the two spark plugs because mm-hmm. it has like you know all the crazy displacement crap. And so I'm checking everything, going through wires, coil packs, like literally everything. Okay, and going, man, I cannot find where th- it was so intermittent, so intermittent. So I send the truck off. Okay, like, man, I'm sorry, I cannot. The the biggest thing that a tech needs to do first is recreate the issue. So if you have an issue that you're trying that you're trying to diagnose, I mean, we'd even have guys like, man, I have this issue when I'm towing. It's like, okay, when you bring me the truck, bring me what you're towing. We need to recreate this problem mm-hmm. because a tech trying to recreate a problem without having the exact the exact scenario can be tough. Mm-hmm. And this is this is kind of where. This is where I figured out the scenario too that I had to recreate. So this truck came comes in every so often misfire code. It's like what the heck, and it's so intermittent. So I looked it over. Everything seemed perfectly fine. Nothing wrong. I can't find anything. Go out and drive the truck. I can't even recreate it. Okay. Most techs would do exactly what I did. Send the truck on its way. I did. Came back again. Misfire code. Looked over it again. Even had the guy that I was working with look at it. Go through everything. Can't find anything. Set it on its way. Same thing. We can't recreate it. Like I, you came in with a code. We cleared it. I tried. I drove the truck to try to recreate it, and it doesn't come back. I can't get. If I can't get the issue to come back, how can you fix it? Right. You know, where do you even look? So you just look at everything, right? So I send the truck on its way. Third time the truck came back. I somehow figured out that this truck would only misfire when you floored it. Only when you floored it, it would misfire. Like, what the heck? What's going on here? So then I'm thinking, like, okay, so maybe after a couple of times of getting into the throttle, maybe it's like a cracked head or something. So I'm like, man, okay, at this point, and this is all under warranty, so the, the owner doesn't, you know, doesn't carry as much as truck fixed. So I, I tell my service writer, I'm like, I'm gonna have to pull the heads on this thing. I think we got a cracked head. That's what I think was going on. So intermittent, it has to be. So they give me the okay, start tearing the truck apart. So I start tearing the truck apart. <laughs> Do you want know to find <laughs> after I take the intake manifold off? <laughs> I find a factory connector wedged into one of the intake runners of the head from factory. Okay. And the connector, it was, it had nothing in it. Mm-hmm. It was just a blank black connector with nothing in it. So when daily driving air would flow through the connector and it'd be fine. But when you floored it, that's when that would disrupt the air and cause a misfire code. <laughs> I'm like, my God, but that's what it takes. Like sometimes, you know, it's, you gotta like, you gotta get in. So abnormal. So that's like the only time something takes more than an hour is when you have like a, a, a rat or mice or something chewing up some wiring or you have something like that, which is completely like this, this, this truck came, this engine came off the assembly line with that connector Mm -hmm. in the engine. Like someone got fired at Chrysler. (laughs) because <laughs> they cost him so much time in warranty work because all that was under warranty but oh, man. that i mean those are 
Like, that's like the only time I've had something take more than an hour to where I didn't figure it out or didn't have at least an educated guess or not guess. I hate saying guess because it's not necessarily guess because it's backed with information that you have Mm -hmm. that you've gathered. So it's an educated assumption that this is what the problem is most of the time within an hour. Okay, so, you, you know, if you have a shop again, you bring them a code and they tell you. It's this, replace this. Okay, what did you do? Well, it's this code and this is what it usually is or whatever. Okay, that's not a good shop. They're not diagnosing, okay? For a guy to then say, okay, yeah, I spent an hour with it. I got this code. I found this. I checked this. Checked this. Turns out the sensor is a little, the sensor is bad. You know, after explaining all these things that happen, at that point, I would feel way more comfortable spending my money with that shop and making sure that that part's, that the truck's going to be fixed. Mm-hmm. There's my story. Yeah, that's a good story. (laughs) Yeah, being able to replicate things is going to be huge with any shop. Yeah. And the part that um, you said there that really kind of struck me right there is that for a shop to be able to come over and show you or tell you, I checked this, I checked this, I checked this, everything seems to be specking out just fine. Now, I would feel better if we replaced the sensor. It's usually I don't like to throw a sensor out to begin with, but that's why I came to this conclusion. Right. Or they may say, you know, I I have a known good sensor that I keep in my toolbox because I know it's good. I've tried it before, and you know, I've I plugged it in. And everything seemed to be okay. Yeah. Like okay, like all right. So you know, we'll put a new sensor in there, and it'll be one hundred and forty-five dollars plus your diagnostic yeah. fee or something like that. Whatever. That I would say the tech has done his due diligence mm-hmm. as far as checking everything that he can. And then making an educated decision on what he's came up with. And that's, and that's what it's all about. I mean, that, there's so many shops out there that don't do that. Or like I was saying, like if you have an issue that only seems to happen when you're towing, if that tech doesn't say, okay, when you bring your truck in, bring that exact load in mm-hmm. so, we, so I can recreate this issue. If he's not doing that and he's going to say, I'm just going to, we'll just, we'll just wing it and try to figure it out, you're going to be spending uh, an hour's worth of diagnostics on literally nothing. On guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I wouldn't say guessing. Edu- educated guessing, maybe? Well, I, yeah. it would be guessing, it's, though, if the issue only occurs when you're towing and he's trying to diagnose something that he can't even recreate. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Because, I mean, a lot of times when we have to talk to people on the phone, we have to get a lot of information from you. Yeah. For us to even try and point you in the right direction. And I, I can't tell you how many times I get off the phone with someone. I'm like, hey, you know, one of the best things you could do right now, and it'll help whoever you take the car to or truck to or if you call in next time and we're trying to get you some more parts you can talk to us then um see if you can make the issue when they're just it's intermittent it's intermittent i'm like okay i want you to see if you can make it happen on your own accord on command like whenever i turn left whenever there's just one left hand turn going off of the on-ramp i get off every day and whenever i floor it and i'm in second gear it does this yeah. Like, okay. That's a that's a relatively pinpointed, isolated scenario. Yeah. And it's like, well, have you tried it turning right? Well, yes. Have you tried it in third gear? Yes. Have you, I was like, I tried. It only happens in seconds. Like, yeah. okay. Well, that's at least a step in the right direction. Yeah. And and, and even my time spent as a service rider, mm-hmm. that was because even when I was a service rider, I had been a technician before. Tried service rider. Actually, went back to being a technician because I liked it better. Um, but having that conversation with with yeah. the with the person bringing the car and like, hey. You know, oh, it, it does this sometimes. I'm like, well, have you noticed, like, does it happen in the mornings? No. Does yeah. it happen at night? No. Does yeah. it happen, like, when you go to the grocery store and get out of the car real quick? Yeah, or when and, you have, like, a certain amount of fuel in your tank? Yeah, and they <laughs> think I'm trying to, like, waste their Narrow time. Narrow it down. 
And, and but sometimes they'll be like, you know, oh, well, it, it happens when I when I go to the go to the grocery store and come out and the car is not it hasn't cooled down at all. It just it does this. I'm like, no, that's great information. Yeah, that that little piece of information you gave me, I can relay that to the technician. Yes. And that could possibly give him like a, a huge head start. Yeah. Because you got to remember, the technician gets the car and gets the RO of whatever you and I, me being the service writer, have discussed. Yeah. If you give me zero, he gets zero. And your hours of the diagnostics could, could go to a lot towards a lot of things that may not even actually fix what the problem is. Yes. So oh, that's a long spiel. Yeah. About, well, is it, yeah. In it, the moral of all of this is I think having a conversation with whoever you want to work on your vehicle mm-hmm. on saying like, Hey, here's what I am requesting out of you. I'm, I'm obviously requesting you to fix my vehicle, <laughs> but I'm also requesting that you give me some sort of information on how you came up with that. Mm-hmm. Because for me just to bring you something and you say, this is it. And then me ask, Oh, how, and you, you know, how'd you come up with that? And they say, well, that's just what it's bad. Okay. How did you determine that? Yeah. How did you, in any tech that knows what he's doing should, even if he doesn't want to, he should be able to explain, this is how I came to that conclusion. And it's not just because I Google searched it and the forum said, that's usually what's bad. It doesn't work that way. This is also a side note to any of you, maybe youngsters or young adults thinking that you're going to be going into the automotive industry as a technician. Yeah. Um, or even if you think you might be a service writer, but on the technician side, I can't tell you how many times I get requested as a tech or yeah. had jobs that you know, you'd, you'd think that they wouldn't be able to convey and sell to the customer because I was able to alliterate myself well in the notes. And you don't necessarily have to have the best penmanship or the best, like, no. as long as you can communicate well. If you communicate in bullet points, that's fine. It's so that you can be in the back working on the next job and the service writer can go through this bullet point list of things that you did and came to this, but you also noticed these three things were bad. Yeah. You know, when can you schedule to come in for these three things? And that, as someone... Think about, you know, when when you... I'm sure nobody does this, but like... Man, I'm trying to think of a good example of something else like that. But it, it's... You know, imagine you know nothing about cars and now you have something, someone who does know stuff about cars explaining it to you and trying to give it to you in the most basic form yeah. because they want you to make sure that you, f- you feel confident bringing your car back. Yeah. And that was huge. Like I, and to me, it was just second nature. Yeah. And for, I didn't understand why someone who was actually, because I never actually planned on making my living as a technician, but someone who was making a living as a technician just say like, air filter clogged. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, yeah, the air filter is clogged, but you know, did how did you come to that assumption? That was really basic right here, but like just giving a little bit extra information. Yeah, instead of just saying the air filter's clogged, be like, oh yeah, the air filter's clogged, and because it was clogged, it's causing this center sensor to read off because of the air trying to get into the engine is being restricted because of the clogged, fi- like stuff like that. It, I'm not saying every tech's going to do that, and yet service writers, it comes down to the service writer, mm-hmm. and you know right at the beginning if you have a service writer that knows nothing, <laughs> like he's gonna be like, okay, what's the problem? Oh, you got to check engine light. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we'll get working on that right away. It's like, you didn't ask him anything. (laughs) Like, nothing. Like, when did this happen? Like, you got to, you know. So there's your first indication. If you take it somewhere and they're like, we'll get that fixed right up for you. Okay. Okay. They they did literally ask you nothing. Um, uh, Might have a good tech. Might not. You know, I I don't know. Yeah. You've got got someone who can read minds. Yeah. Biggest thing. And I I tell guys on the phone, ask them questions. Like, 
you know, I'll have conversations with people. Be like, look at all the questions I asked you. Ask the tech the same stuff that I just asked you. And if they can answer those questions and go like, this is what we're going to do and that sort of thing, you're, you're going to get your money's worth, you know, out of that shop way more than you are the, you know, dealership is going to be like, yeah, we'll get her going. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a long way to spiel about how well, to do, a, like the It's a tough part. one though. It's That's a, the toughest part. Yeah. And it's the most important, I think. Yeah. Um, and this is another thing that comes big for me is uh, visual appearance. Yes. There's, I'm sure there's shops out there that are dirty you know, they, they dirty. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. That's fine. <laughs> this is no yeah. discredit to them. But in my experience, working in a lots of different shops, the shops that, um, like, once a year have all the technicians pull their boxes away from the wall so they can do a pressure wash and clean everything yeah. out. The shops that, um, you know, regularly give you proper uniforms to wear that fit. You're yeah. not using someone else's second hand-me-down uniforms that make sure that you have the proper personal protection and that you're wearing the right shoes and that they, you know, either you or they supply the belt that doesn't scratch when you walk next to a car. Yeah, the absolutely. The shirts are tucked in. Yeah. Like that. And, and I used, I was a big guy like of the, man, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to tuck into my shirt. I don't care. I got to, you know, it doesn't matter. And then I started noticing all the guys that were ahead of me. Yeah. That were doing their job and that – their shirts were tucked in. Yeah, it it's seems like kind of like a, like a stupid kind of cliche thing, but yeah, it it truly is. I mean, that's it's true. And I get it. You get dirty working on cars, but it's like you, you, you can tell when someone starts off with a clean uniform or not. Yeah, I guess to put it bluntly, well, it's a pride. I think it comes down to pride in their work, yeah. and pride in their work environment, and that sort of thing. I, I mean, me working on my own stuff. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll make a mess when I'm like initially doing something but at the end of it, it's like okay let's do a hard reset let's clean everything mm-hmm. up let's get everything back dialed you know dialed in you know if you if you walk out to your tech and you see his toolbox just scattered with tools everywhere on top of it or, and that sort of thing you're just gonna be like okay i mean this guy doesn't have his organization yeah. up to par here i mean again there's there's plenty of techs out there that operate that way and that's fine and that's and those people will probably have you know a really good customer base that they've built up you know, years and years and mm-hmm. years and years with, which you can then base that off too. If you've got people that know that you use this certain person or whatever, that's fine. But if you're going dry into a shop that you've never worked, you know, you're maybe moved to a new area and you don't know anybody, that sort of thing. That's kind of the, the things to kind of keep, you know, keep track of kind of, you know, to look out for. Yeah. When I was younger doing that kind of stuff, I would always tell you know, my life may be in shambles toolbox mint. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I could I could be having the worst day of my life, and, and my my truck's a mess, schoolwork's yeah. a mess. Whatever. Well, let's I can't face it, find... they probably those techs probably have way more money in their toolbox yeah. and tools than they do of their vehicle or whole house. Yeah. Probably <laughs> can't find my phone. You know, all this, lost my homework, all that kind of stuff. Come to my toolbox. Every tool's in its spot. Every spot has a tool. Everything's yep. clean. But yeah. uh, source of pride, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a big thing for me. Also, just the I mean the cleanness of the shop and the, and the tools and everybody in the service bay and stuff like that. But also, what they have to make sure you're comfortable. Not everybody can leave their car there and leave. Some people actually yeah. have to stay, or maybe it's only an hour they want to stay there. Do they have a water jug? <laughs> Is the bathroom yeah. clean? Yeah, like that that type of stuff to make sure that you feel good coming back and recommending people to go back there. Yeah. If you're new to the area and you're and you don't even know where to start with that kind of stuff, like where is a shop? There's so many of them. These are one of the few times I'd say maybe troll form. Like if troll you're looking form, for that maybe, good diesel yeah. shop. Yeah, or maybe there's a lot of local Facebook groups mm-hmm. like for diesels and that sort of thing. Also, look at the parking lot. Yeah. 
if you drive by a shop and see nothing but Honda Civics and like imports, like maybe you shouldn't bring your burly American truck (laughs) to them. Like, you know, not saying that some of those people don't know how to work on that kind of stuff. I'm sure they do. But most of the time, people that, uh, especially diesels, um, it's so funny because it seems like it's such a specialty thing. And then, you know, slight tangent here. Mm. Um, if you have like automotive knowledge and then learn about diesels, diesels are kind of simple. They <laughs> like, are. like it's actually really basic, like, like really basic, oh, <laughs> but, it is. I, but people just automatically assume it's more complicated. It's a diesel. It's got, there's no spark plugs. How does that thing even fire off? What the heck? Is it magic? Yep. It's magic, they sir. made it even simpler. Yeah. And then move to the next shop. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, look at the parking lot. If you got a bunch of diesel trucks in the parking lot, it's probably a good good idea that a lot of people bring their diesel trucks to them, and they probably do good work if their parking lot's packed with diesel trucks. So, you know, this just basic just driving by. I mean, you can see, like, I, my buddies at ICDI Repair here locally, you drive by their shop, they've got, like, 40,000 power strokes outside. Like, yeah. they're everywhere. And it's like, okay, they know how to work on power strokes. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a given. So. <laughs> so. And then, uh, yeah, that's probably one of the only times I'd say troll forum. But yeah. you know, at least getting finding the names of the shops. Cause, and again, like everything in life, you're going to find good and bad in a well, forum. You're going to find good and bad on reviews. This brings up like Yelp reviews and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I take the review kind of thing with a grain of salt. And mm-hmm. if, the, if, the, if the shop responds <laughs> to the reviews and you read, like we respond to every single one mm-hmm. of our reviews. And a lot of them are actually kind of comical because it's – you know, I'm biased, obviously, because I work here, but <laughs> we've got customers that just don't understand how something works or, you know, they think a part should work a certain way. And we're like, hey, it doesn't do that or, you know, or whatever. You know, we respond and say like, hey, that's, you know, that's how it is. You know, if you got a shop with a bunch of bad reviews and no responses or, you know, because you usually see, there's, here's the thing. With automotive shops, you're always going to have someone that doesn't like them you're gonna have at least one bad review it's gonna happen i mean it's going to happen you can't please everybody no um so take take the review thing with the grain of salt if they take the time to respond and you read the response and be like okay that seems reasonable or whatever then you know give keep giving them a shot but that that's a tough part with with what are you laughing about <laughs> just with reviews and what you're talking yeah. about i saw a meme yesterday of uh <laughs> Uh, you know the James Franco with with the noose, and he's like looking over. At yeah, the, yeah, 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 with a smirk on his face, yeah, like. smirk on his face. <laughs> and it was uh, one of a, a customer losing their mind about a head gas like being blown in a diesel shop, and yeah. the boss says, first time." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, this, is, this is my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, stuff like that. Um, I think it's and just go and talk to him. I think it's going to be their biggest thing. Yeah, I, again, you can. And, you, I'll go back to an hour's worth of diagnostics is worth your money. Mm-hmm. It's worth your money. And a lot of times, if you do end up needing a bigger repair, that hours of the diagnostics will usually get factored in to your labor time. Like if yeah, at least well, a lot of shops some, I some, some yeah, yeah, some. Yeah, I mean, let, let's face it. These shops, ball joints, service work, anything that's just like a straight up like replace and, re, you, know, re, you know, remove and replace, they're making money on the labor times, Okay. They wouldn't. I mean, you gotta understand, they're a shop trying to pay for their salaries and their shop, mm-hmm. so they have to make money somewhere, and it's on that kind of stuff. Those labor, di- where, yeah, you, they may sell you, you know, four hours on ball joints when 
it only takes them two. But if you were to do it yourself, it's going to take six. So you got yeah. to gauge that out. That's what they're – they obviously do it all the time. So their four-hour service time, yeah, they can learn tricks, have special tools, do it all the time to where they can knock that kind of stuff out. That's how they make money. Mm-hmm. That's how they make money. So don't get too don't get too caught up in the, well, <laughs> you charged me four hours and it only took them three. Like, come on, man. Come yeah, okay, on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Give me the keys back. Yeah. I'll hold on to it for another four hours. Yeah. Okay. I make you happy. Yeah. No. I mean, or would you want your truck back fixed early? Yeah. That, that's <laughs> why I say, give them an hour. If you're if you're new to the area or whatever, and or you're just trying out, you bought a new diesel and you're trying out a diesel shop for the first time. Tell them, listen, I'm going to give you an hour's worth of diagnostics on this. I'm going to pay for an hour. I want to see if you know what you find out within an hour. That's all I'm going to pay. That's all you're going to spend on it is an hour. See what they come back with. If they come back with, hey, I checked this, this, and this. It led me to this. But we're kind of encroaching on another hour here. If you want me to continue to chase this trail, I'm going to need another hour from you. And then at that point, you'd be like, okay, hey, he's doing his work. He's doing the diagnostics, and it led him here. Might want to keep it going. Yeah. That's, a, that's some good info, man. Like, yeah. I didn't know I was had this much good info. You know, <laughs> sometimes I wonder, like, is this our calling? Is it? Is it our calling? Maybe it I is. I don't know, man. We're coming up on a... Years worth of episodes. Years worth of episodes. You know what? It was funny. We talked. I was like, "Wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be cool if this is all we did?" Yeah, it was a podcast and just gave information to people. It'd be fun. I wonder at what point I'd be tapped out. Like I'd be like, "Guys, I, I, I know would. nothing more." I don't think I would because I think we'd continue to get questions. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Apparently, people like our voices. There's people listening to us in machine shops, in yeah. auto shops, in the garage. Yeah, so if you're, yeah. if you're listening to this while you're working, yeah, it's greatly appreciated, man. Yeah, seriously. Don't hurt yourself by my beautiful, <laughs> low, sexy voice. <laughs> the yeah. old hard worker, you. Yeah, Augie, <laughs> if you're still out there, still listening, you got the top spot for the uh, for making my butt crack sweat. <laughs> so, oh my so yeah, I think that kind of pretty much wraps it up for picking a shop. I don't know if you guys got any, request, any questions or anything about picking a shop, hit us up. Yeah, I mean, we may not know the. There's, there. I mean, we have shops that we know locally here. Uh, I am going to throw two of them out there because I have actually referred guys to these two shops. It used yeah. to be just one, now two. Uh, but if you're in Texas, um, New Brunfels and Houston, Sentex uh, Diesel yeah. Performance. Those yeah. guys out there, um, truly good people. They will get you taken care of. Um, just so you, like any time that you're on the phone with me, and if I if we've talked about an issue and you're going there or something like that, I text the owner. Yeah. Hey. Logan, I'm sending a guy your way, this, this, and this. I recommended this, this, and this. He's like two hours away. Cool. I can't tell you how many times like I've gotten a text back from them or something like that. Like, yeah. hey, man, that guy came in. We got him taken care of. Like, thanks for the referral. And yeah. that's, we're in Washington. Yeah. Like, so that's. Well, I was going to bring up Southern California, MDS Diesel. Mm-hmm. Wayne over there, he's bought parts from us for years. Yep. He knows what he's doing. So those guys and local guys, like I already brought them up. In, uh, ICDI Repair. We got Weaver's Diesel in Hayden. Um, we got Hurricane, Hurricane Diesel. Uh, we got Deer Park, Deer Park Diesel. If you Deer guys Park tra- is one of the nicest showrooms I've seen. Their outside of their shop is cool. It's big. Yeah, and uh, I always see it when I go out to the lake. Um, yeah, go yakking. Go yakking. Um, Alex Berge up there, D or BD sponsored uh, sled puller and racer. Right on. Uh, yeah, he's actually yeah he's he's came here to our down event before and like yeah. that. He's uh actually puts out some really good content for for Deer Park's uh. Or their Facebook page there. So shout out to you, man. I'm not yeah. even sure if you listen, but 
kudos, man. I, I dig what you guys are doing up there. I referred people up there before too, and I've never heard anything bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. <coughs> well, <coughs> holy moly. Yeah, there's good jobs out there. Again, follow our advice, ask questions, uh, give them an hour, see what they come up with. See what they come up with. Yeah. My, my rant's a real simple one here. Um, I learned very early on in life as far as taking your car to the shop. And if this is new new news for you, I'm sorry. And it might be even more for diesels. But if you ever take your vehicle into a shop for an issue, like not just a diagnosis, but like to yeah. get, like get it figured out and get it fixed, and you spend less than $500, that's a victory. Victory. Okay. Yeah. So when people, you know, I went to go get brakes and it was $340 or something like that, like, that's maintenance. That's yeah. that's how life goes. Yeah. It's when you if it caught if you take it in to get something done or maintenance done and it's over five hundred dollars, that sucks, but that's life. Yeah. So just kind of keep that in your back pocket. Yeah. My rant today, suburban with sti- my suburban with six two still sucks. That's it. See you next time. <laughs> Have a good one. I'll end it on that one. <laughs> bye bye. <Bye-bye. laughs>